This is the time, this is the place, and this is FC3 Monkey Business, your one-stop shop for everything geeky. And since anything is geeky, if you love it enough, then you never know what you're going to get. This is your host, I am C. This week we will be talking about Kevin Smith's 1991 film, Dogma. Kevin is our happy he is still with us file. And uh, after that, stick around for Everyday Heroes. Shout out uh, our questions of the week. Our, our Everyday Heroes shout out. I can read really well. I can. It's Palma. I can, okay, I'm going to stop. <laughs> Me speak badly? Me speak good English. That, that's Did you un- want to start that's over? impossible. Huh? Did you want to start this over? No, nah, let's just structure. Sure? People need to know that I'm still human. That's yes. <laughs> I am not this. You're, you're, you're still a little coming down off of that, that the, the uh, interview from interview last week's episode. From last time. Yeah. So. That's a thing. It's yes. okay. It's all good. It's real. So, so yeah, Kevin Smith, and we are. He's definitely tucked happily in our um, happy. He's still with us. A file. Uh, big shout out to Kevin. You know who had a massive heart attack a little while, mm-hmm. just a couple weeks ago, and bounced back with with his usual sense of great humor, and you know his his uh, podcasts and his uh, his video. Uh, like Facebook Lives or Twitter Lives, whatever he's been doing, yeah. these, these videos that he's been doing, he's taking everything in such great stride. Mm-hmm. And going back into, uh, he's doing live shows again mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so. so just full, you know, full marks to Kevin for being, uh, being a machine. Mm-hmm. And and our best wishes to him on a speedy recovery. And uh, please stay with us for a lot longer. We we need you, dude. All right, in the studio with me is my usual band of of surly human sidekicks. I've got mm-hmm. the Dolly and Edwin show off to my left. Woo. Good Hello. to see you guys. Hi. <laughs> and and to my right are our legends and stalwarts, Billy and Tanya. Hi. And on the phone, who I promise not to forget this time, is uh, is producer <laughs> Sherry and associate producer Chris. Great to see you two, or at least hear you two. Hello. You know the snow is 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 evil thing. Well, we hope to get you guys back into town soon, so we can have you in studio with us. How are you two well, holding up out there anyway? Us, they'd be great. Yeah. They, they allegedly have no more place to put the snow down there. Oh, dear Lord. Is it that bad? Yes. Oh. Wow. Well, we do, but um, the dogs will have to um, stay on the sidewalk, and that's it. Oh, dear. Mm. Now, isn't there more <laughs> snow headed? Isn't there like a nor- another nor- There's a northern nor'easter brewing right now? Gosh. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. I hope it, like, totally bypasses everyone. I <laughs> I'm sure the entire East Coast of the United States agrees with you. <laughs> Central New York. Central. Stay, come for the wings and stay because you can't find your car. That's it. There it is right there. I mean, the last one, uh, the, the local snowplows didn't even bother running. It was amazing. There was like two feet of snow on my street, and that usually yeah. does not happen. It was like, okay, that's this They're is going to be waiting. interesting. Okay, so let's get to sponsor shout-outs. We're going to do our usual row of them. Uh, and Dolly's going to do it. Ta-da! She's just oh, like, what? we have sponsors. <laughs> we have sponsor shout Down towards the bottom. somewhere on right, this page. They're right there. Here we go. Follow we the, got follow the bouncing finger. First Pricks Comics, mm-hmm. The Great Escape Room, Wibbly Wobbly, Timey Wimey. There you go. They're awesome. I actually bought a fantastic a teapot. It's a Dalek teapot. From, from Wibbly Wobbly? Ti- yep, from Wibbly Wobbly, Timey Wimey. And That's it's cool. proudly displayed in my dining room right now. Ed, do you know why Wibbly Wobbly is so cool? Why are they so cool? Because they are actually helping us bring in Caitlin Blackwood, the original young Amelia Pond from the Eleventh Doctor, the girl, the girl who waited, yes. <laughs> who is the cousin of Karen Gillan, the Amy Pond, and Nebula from Guardians of the Galaxy. That, that, that actually, blew, his mind that actually that. blew my mind when she said that's Nebula. I was like, what? No, it's what? Not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally she actually, different. when when they started making the first Guardians of the Galaxy, 
uh, Karen Gillan shaved her head and mm-hmm. then had a wig made of her own hair. So she was walking around with her own hair, but it was detachable. <laughs> yeah, and then she revealed this at, at a comic book convention. She was doing a thing, and somebody asked, said, there was a rumor that you had shaved your head for the part, but you're still got... She goes, well, it's, it is my hair. And then she pulls it off, but it's a wig. And everybody just flips out. They just flipped out. They're like, oh, my God. And the crowd's going bonkers, and she's having a right laugh over it. There was a there was actually a running gag at the time she was ready to film. Oh, as Dolly, <laughs> Dolly is abusing her microphone. You're having um, a, that was like the second time today. Oh, I couldn't high five earlier. Yeah, <laughs> but Karen Gillan shaved her head for Guardians of the Galaxy, and Matt Smith shaved his head for Terminator Genesis. Mm. Oh. And so there they are in that final scene just before the Eleventh Doctor regenerates, where she comes down the stairway, and they have their little moment where she says. Raggedy Man goodbye, and they reach out to each other's faces, and somebody makes the comment, wouldn't it be great if in an outtake, they just grabbed each other's wigs and ripped them off? (laughs) They did it? I thought, no, they did it during an outtake, apparently. Oh, during an outtake. Yeah, they they messed with each other's wigs. Um, So that was, I thought that That would look funnier in my head. He was bald that one time. Yep, he actually had shaved his head for the whole thing. So... That was that was that okay. That so didn't that was work. so that was wibbly wobbly timing. Yes, our sponsors. I'm going to babble now. Um, so Patreon, we haven't had a lot of uh, going on on Patreon at the moment, but we do have some subscribers there. That is a thing that happens. So go to patreon.com backslash fc3 roc. Please support Monkey Business and FC3 with your subscriptions and patronage. We would love to have you on board, and every person who subscribes will get a shout out. And obviously. Through all of our mediums, if you ask, ever ask us questions or make requests, we will definitely go out of our way to see what we can do to help you out with that. Uh, Apple Five Star Reviews. Want to help out, help others find the show? Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Every review, excuse me, every review will be thanked on the air and any questions will be answered. We want this to be a conversation, so please send your questions. I did that really, really badly. Um, Wow, you're still reeling from last week's <laughs> interview, really aren't you? I really am. So what we're going to do is we're going to do this. Um, we're going to we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to, as we sent it at the beginning when we came in, uh, we're going to be doing a not a book club, uh, and we're going to be talking about Kevin Smith's 1991 film Dogma, and so. and uh, a little comedy from Lachlan Patterson. Awesome. Upside. Oh, I, I mess this up every week. I hate myself. That's all right. You can't do any worse than I already have. Here. So I can vamp until you're ready. Here, hold on one second. I can hold I, on. I hold on. What are we holding on to? I had I know. things playing. I'm hey, wait. Look. That's me. Don't I'm hold on to that. Worse. Okay. Here we go now. <laughs> Lachlan Patterson, like I said. Yeah. <laughs> like video games. I tried like sharing video games with the girls. I realized they don't really make video games for women. And I figured out why, man. It's because if they made video games for girls, guys would have no freaking clue how to play them. <laughs> it's that simple. Like a guy's video game's easy, right, man? You go slay the dragon, chop off his head, and stab him in the face for 10,000 points, right? It's a great game. If that was a girl's video game, you gotta go instead, like, just maybe talk to the dragon for, like, two hours, right? Right, dude? And then you just press the share feelings button 132 times. And then you and the dragon can go level to level chasing rainbows and making snow angels. And you can play with your date all day. Hey, baby, how do I cry for the dragon? Is there a turbo cry button? I don't think that... I don't think the dragon understands. How do I buy the dragon more scented candles? God knows every dragon needs 50 of those in my bathroom while I'm trying to take a leak. This game sucks. I'll give you this, though, ladies. Like in a guy's video game, if you screw up, what happens, man? Game over. you dead. That sucks. But if they made a girl's video game, if you screwed up, man, the game would let you keep playing. What? They'll let you go to the next level. 
and maybe let you go to the next level, and maybe let you go a couple more levels. But it never let you forget what you did wrong earlier, would it, man? No. <laughs> Just remind you every level 50 times. What the hell? That happened 20 levels ago. They hold a grudge. How many times do I gotta press the I'm sorry button, for God's sake? I mean, Seriously. I'd wear that you one have out. You press it forever, okay? <laughs> You'll still never win, but that's not the point. <laughs> oh, does it hit too close to home? That hits a little too close to home, but it's funny nonetheless. Yes. All right. We had a misprint, and so and Dolly found it, but it was cool. In the actual introduction to the segment, it, it's corrected. So Dogma is a 1999, not one, 1999 American fantasy comedy film written and directed by Kevin Smith, who also stars along with Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Linda Fiorentino, Alan Rickman, Salma Hayek. Chris Rock, Jason Lee, George Carlin, and Jason Mewes. The story revolves around two fallen angels who plan to employ an alleged loophole in Catholic dogma to return to heaven after being cast out by God millennia ago. But his existence is founded on the principle that God is infallible. Their success would prove God wrong and thus undo all creation. The last scion, played by Linda Fiorentino, and two prophets are sent by the seraphim Metatron to stop them. The film's irreverent treatment of Catholicism and the Catholic Church triggered considerable controversy even before its opening. The Catholic League denounced it as blasphemy. Organized protests delayed its release in many countries and led to at least two death threats against Smith. And, funny enough, he actually was found by a news crew protesting his own movie. Yeah. That is a great freaking story, and he tells it. Brilliantly, Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. He just kind of oh, like yeah. bumbled into this protest, and and nobody knew who he was at, at the protest. So, and and the news organization went up to interview him. Uh-huh. Uh, it, <laughs> not no, he, not just that the reporter asked, uh, uh, what his name was. He said Brian Johnson. And if you're a fan of Kevin Smith, you know that Brian Johnson uh-huh. is Kevin's best friend and one of the comic book book men. Yes. currently on AMC's TV show Comic Book Men, and always makes a cameo in all of his movies. Yeah. Right next to Kevin when he said that to the camera crew. Yes, oh. right. <laughs> yes. So thus proving the humor of Kevin Smith. Um, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's it's great. Uh, I love this movie. I know Tanya's on the fence about it, um, but I think I always find this movie very interesting to me because it's definitely a very philosophical and real kind of not so much a critique, but just an observation. I don't. I don't. It's it's a satire, but it's more of an observation and it picks it puts things out and puts them in the spotlight is what I've noticed uh, it takes some of the weird kind of church rules and some of their traditions and puts them out in the open and puts mm-hmm. them in some in a context and then says you know you look at it and are, you're okay with this this is all right by you and and then moving on and Kevin was a practicing Catholic that's mm-hmm. how some of the stuff in there is is deeply rooted yeah. in actual uh, uh, the mytho- mythology of, of the Catholic Church mm-hmm. to the point where uh, Chris Rock plays Rufus, the 13th apostle. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I read while doing some research because religion is not anywhere near a strong point for me. No. But Rufus is mentioned in, in the Bible. Is he really? There is a Rufus in the Bible. I'll have to do a little Googling because <laughs> I, I read that. But it's mentioned <laughs> once and, and uh, you'll... To me, the fact that Rufus exists... And like the the 
the hockey playing triplets, the right. Stygian. Yeah. I, I had to look up the Stygian triplets. Turns okay. out Stygian, uh, if I'm pronouncing Stygian. it correctly, Stygian, uh-huh. uh, has to do with Hades or mm-hmm. uh, the River Styx, which mm-hmm. I didn't Ru- know. Rufus was the first century Christian um, whose father um, was compelled to help carry the cross on which uh, Jesus Christ was crucified. According to uh, Easton, he was probably the same Rufus mentioned in Romans 16, uh, verse 13, whose mother as well as Paul's mother were mm-hmm. among those Paul sent greetings in his epistle to the Romans. So, Well, all right there. Yeah. That's the teacher <laughs> educating Easton's you. Easton's Bible a... Dictionary in regards to Rufus. Okay. It says, see also Rufus of Thebes. Rufus of Thebes. Yes. Uh, one th- oh, he is numbered among the 70 disciples. The 70? 70 disciples, not apostles. Disciples. Oh, the disciple. Okay. Became the disciples across. Like the first Christ. class? And all the holy apostles. Okay. Yeah. Um, he was a bishop of Thebes in Greece and is referenced in Romans 16, 13. His feast day is April 8th. Hmm, which is coming up, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Are we, is it? Yes, As in terms probably. of the broadcast? Close. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yep. Yes. Four days yep. away is the as of the drop date of this particular podcast. Gotcha. All right. So we'll have a Rufus feast. Happy Rufus feast. <laughs> happy Rufus day. <laughs> we'll have a, we'll we'll do um like one of those cardboard cutouts and we'll do it of Chris Rock. Put him at the head of the table. Okay. <laughs> yes. And then we'll, we'll order pizza and be good to go. All right. Um. So what is what is it about this movie that attracts our attention to it? We we I I know for you and me, Billy, we love this movie. Sherry loves this movie. I'm pretty sure. Sherry, you, you're on the the fan board of this one, right? Oh, absolutely. Chris okay. and I both. Gotcha. Absolutely. What is it about this movie that makes us laugh so much? Is it just, just... Well, because it takes a serious subject, mm-hmm. but and and people disagree with me, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not treated lightly. Mm-hmm. I mean, despite no, the poop monster, right, and despite <laughs> the, the constant yeah. cursing of J- of Jason Mewes, oh yeah, and despite you no know, Selma Hayek very scantily clothed, mm-hmm. it's taken seriously. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Kevin Smith was raised Catholic, and mm-hmm. and it shows. He knows his stuff, yeah, and he wrote it such. And to, it's the references to, were very scholarly to the point where I and I'm looking at a picture now I, I read this and I'd never noticed it before but throughout the movie Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are wearing hoodies mm-hmm. that sort of Reference draped around the their halos. necks yeah it's, and it's Alan their Rickman. Ha- so, yeah. Is, so is Metatron yes yes, yes. Metatron I, I never all noticed that the same outfit in different colors mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. The, the the three angels are wearing yeah. the same halos. outfit yep. mm-hmm. with just the different color yeah different colors like Sherry said how about you, Dolly? You now yesterday when we watched it together was not the first time you'd seen it, right? It was the first time I've seen it since college, right? So in like ten years. Okay. And I mean, I enjoyed it. There were parts that I found were pretty hilarious, like when the excremental comes out and, and while he's walking, he goes not birthed into existence but pooped into existence yeah. i die laughing and i text edwin because he's the first thing that pops in my head <laughs> when it comes to poop <laughs> that's great. great that's such a loving re- you have such a loving relationship you oh, two yeah the love is real yeah the love is just poop filled oh, <laughs> that, that whole that whole scene makes me laugh because when when silent bob has this idea and he's just standing there at the bar watching this thing coming closer to him and he's just got that that look on his face it's just like yeah, I got this. This is all good. He's just very, very calm. Yep, I'm not, I'm not worried. And just Kevin Smith is one of the master mimes. That's the awesome of our generation. That's the awesome part of Silent I, Bob. I, I think that's so just cool. amazing. 
It, you could tell how uh, really influenced he was by John Belushi. If you're yes. old enough to remember him, the from physical Saturday expressions, Night Live. yeah, yeah, very Belushi esque. Uh huh. That's a great way to put it. I mean, they all, they also have a very same physique. Yeah. You know, and they they approach comedy in a very similar fashion, very quietly sometimes. Um, yeah, you can see what he's thinking even when he's though he's not speaking. Yeah. There's so many videos out there with Kevin Smith talking about this movie. I think that's one of the great things about Kevin Smith being so accessible. Uh, is that he's willing to tell you stories about anything. And, and, and I remember him talking about um, getting, getting Alan Rickman in the first place and how his mind was just completely blown that Alan Rickman would, would lower himself to work on a Kevin Smith yeah. picture. And, uh, and so he'd, and, and the, one of the first trivia pieces uh, that Sherry has on my, my prep sheet here is from Jason Mewes, had the entire, the entire script memorized before mm-hmm. rehearsals. And when asked why, he said it was because he didn't want to anger Alan Rickman and because Kevin Smith took him aside before rehearsals began and said he needed to be on his best behavior and bring his A game to the set, which Muse did. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to see, you know, Muse actually showing some range, especially towards the end. You know, he was showing yeah. some range and, uh, you know, there are some obviously Jay, really typical Jay it's moments. It's really hard oh, yeah. to quote Jay. Yes, you can't. <laughs> you can't. Not unless you're ready to hit that special button you on Spreaker. Well, it, in, in going back to that, in regards to Alan Rickman, in, in that it said um, he read the script and came back with only two questions: Would they stay faithful to the script, and are the wings real or CGI? Mm-hmm. That's what he wanted to know in regards to playing Metatron. Um, the wings were physical in the up close mm-hmm. scenes. That, that's yeah, the, that's the trivia question. Yeah. And and that was yeah. I think that was great too because it was a Kevin Smith movie with special effects. Yeah. And Kevin Smith gave himself a puppeteer credit. Oh, did he? For the movie because he was one of the people that moved the wings. Okay. Oh. <laughs> now here here's oh, a there it is. Here's a little piece of trivia that uh I haven't seen anywhere else, mm-hmm. but did any of you grow up watching Mr. Rogers on yes. PBS? Yes. You remember the land of make-believe? Yes. Uh, Vaguely. The tr- goes in, mm-hmm. and there's yeah, yeah, King yeah. Friday, yeah. and, and Henrietta Pussycat, Daniel Tiger, who my mm-hmm. cat's named after. <laughs> uh, one of the only other humans in the land of make-believe was Lady Aberlene. Yes. Uh, Lady Aberlene is the nun in the very first scene of the movie is that, she really? that Matt Damon's really? talking to. Is that really? Yeah. That's a hell she, of a b- Besides Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, she's done about four things, uh-huh. and three of them are Kevin Smith movies. Wow. That Betty, is awesome. Betty Aberlene. Yep, right there Speaking it is. Speaking of that scene, I love that scene because that was actually my favorite part of Alice in Wonderland 2 was the carpenter and the walrus. Yeah. That was always my favorite part, and I love that poem. Where and the Matt fact Damon that he breaks is, it is, down he's waxing like that. A, and, waxing philosophical about it. <laughs> oh, my God. And then gets the nun to like reevaluate her life. That was hilarious. I was like, okay, this is going to be good. <laughs> Damon and Affleck are so good in this. Yeah. They are. I, and you know, I'll t- that uh, was the one thing that we did mention. Mm-hmm. That it was, we talked about this. How it, was, it was early, early yeah. Affleck and Damon. And early Affleck is better than current Affleck, in my opinion. I, yeah. it's, it's almost like he's lost a step somewhere along the line. Well, somewhere along, he still makes good movies. Yes. Uh, the Argo. Argo and, was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in Argo, he barely spoke. So I think, to me, that was what made it a good one <laughs> yeah, well, for there him. You got that. Like, his acting's chops are, like, choppy. But it definitely, it, when the two of them were, were going back and forth, bantering back and forth or joking around or in the, towards the end, towards the climax when they're in that parking garage and, and Bartleby's having his epiphany and, and yeah. Loki's like, wait, wait, hold up. Wait, you know, wait. What do you the, mean? It's, it's genuine. It's real. Mm-hmm. These guys are into those moments. They're into those parts. 
and 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 they're not just reciting lines; they're they're bringing that character out. And I don't That's see that. That's so funny that you say that. Hmm, why is that? So funny. We watched the movie last night. Yep. And I said to Chris last night, I think this is one of his absolute best performances. Mm-hmm. That particular scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see the range of emotion. You see the, the you know the anger, and but the um, almost like it's just the the shift in his attitude and how he looks at things. And you got Loki, who was the you know the barn the, the barn burner of death yeah, yeah he was the angel of death and then all of a sudden Bartleby becomes you see that attitude he's adopting that attitude in that 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 parking garage scene mm-hmm. and and Loki is the one who's throttling back going whoa 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 we time out easy easy killer you know and and so you see and that his shift response to that was wonderful what's that yeah. say that again uh, Chris? Loki's response to that right. You know, and then putting the two plus two together and, and likening uh, Bartleby's rant to the Morning Star, to Lucifer, and, and exactly, Thanks and knowing that. Yeah. that was it, that was enough for for Loki. He's like, it's time to start checking out of this plan. Something's gone wrong. I here. like the one on one on the the train though, because yeah. mm-hmm. that's yeah, when you train. you kind of see the like where the light clicks in in Affleck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when, Bartleby. When when, when Bethany is drunk and she's admitting the the plan. She has yeah. To, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. when he's. Not even that. And when she's talking about her ex-husband and how he left her and oh, right, he's right, right. likening his feelings mm-hmm. to her feelings, mm-hmm. but his are towards God. And you see that kind of light bulb click in his head where like, yeah, she's right. This isn't right. I don't want to be treated like that. And then and the very next see scene. That in Affleck's face. Yeah. I'm telling you, that was one of, I think, one of the better performances from Affleck mm-hmm. I've seen. Like, I, I really think it went all downhill after the Giggly. Whole movie. Yeah. See, that's my thing about this movie is while it is funny, that's not why I watch it. I watch it because it's thought provoking. I watch it because yeah. there's these amazing performances in, from all these different people. And I just it's just a really interesting film in that way. I, I think it's funny is not the reason why I watch it. There are definitely moments where I'm just laughing my butt off because it's a yeah. it's a it's a comedy. You know, you have those moments of just pure comedy. Uh, the interaction usually it's between Jay and and uh, and uh, Rufus yeah. is what made me laugh the most. Oh no, um, Jay's like, oh, holy, I get it. Yeah, holy parts under. He's always late to the party. I love that. That reminds me of my friend. I have a friend Heather. She does that to me all the time. But yeah, I mean, it's like Sherry said. There's there's that level of, you know, he's not just bringing up. References to the church and church doctrine and Bible passages and things like he's not just doing it to be satirical. He does it and then there's a commentary involved. And it's not just he doesn't just slam it and go, well, see, this is why you're all goofy. You know, he brings it up and then there's a commentary about it. There's an observation. There's there's a moment where they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And it's and it's it's like, oh, okay, this is not your normal Kevin Smith movie. Okay. Because you can tell too. It may to- be about Catholicism, but it's talking about all organized religions, mm-hmm. and you really have to look past the comedy to see what the movie is. And a lot, I've I've met a lot of people who oh, I don't like it; it's just stupid. Well, you're not taking the time to actually understand the movie. Mm-hmm. Because to make those uh, dumb jokes, you had to believe in what was actually happening right. in in that film to begin with. I mean, he exactly. he made that movie based on, on a belief that he has, and you know, obviously millions of people have, and a lot of people took it very wrongly. Hmm. Well, yeah. Well, I think. 
Go ahead. I think one of the issues is is that um, there, other than the excremental, <laughs> there is nothing in there that isn't actually biblically related. Mm-hmm. Um, when you talk about when Rufus talks about Christ's brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. that's in the Bible. Yep. There are four brothers listed in the Bible, and sisters is plural, so there were at least two. And that is something that's been argued by Christian scholars for years. I, I think the Metatron, um, Alan Rickman as the voice of God, Yeah, I think was a perfect choice, because after his um, speech, I guess, his monologue with um, Bethany, was her name right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When she's saying, like, I don't want this, I don't want to be related to you. Yes. God and stuff and he's like sitting there and he's talking to her and he's talking her down and I'm like okay if if that's the voice of God I think I would probably do whatever he told me to because <laughs> Ellen Rickman has this way of delivering things yeah. well his whole his whole admission of, of having to talk to Jesus Christ about it yeah. you know and you know to imagine having to deliver that to a 12 year old boy and this whole that whole piece where he's talking about how he had to to tell Jesus about his his nature yeah. and and there was almost that regret and that that sadness and you know it, it's alan rickman for god's sake he yeah. could read the rest, he could read the ingredients off of a cheerios box and you know be hooked so yeah, he really made you feel it mm-hmm. and it's like oh my god yeah mm-hmm. that is true he that is a huge like bird. That. yeah and i'm i don't know i was like yep if i was if he came and told me i was the savior and i had to go on some quest i'd be okay but let's but go the interesting thing though is that along with very uh, sort of serious religious commentary and things you had to think about, and the dumb jokes on the other end. It's also a road trip buddy movie. It's, it's it is. Bob, it's Bob Hope and Bing Crosby on the road to Morocco. <laughs> it's Bob Hope and Bing Crosby if they went on a bender. Yeah. <laughs> As they're yeah. trying to get from Wisconsin to New Jersey, where the top shelf honeys yeah. were. Or, <laughs> you know, or, or to make it more uh, topical than, or still not as much, planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah, yeah, those oh. aren't pillows. I love that movie. That's a great movie. Um, can can I just? I have to make this comment. I have to make this comment because when this movie came out, um, you watched as as the Catholic, devout Catholics came out en masse to protest this movie. And I couldn't count how many times I heard the anecdote where basically they were like, well, we haven't seen it. Okay, then why are you protesting it? There's, there's one, and it's in the trivia thing here. Uh, William Donahue of the Catholic League lambasted the film and publicly protested against it for months without actually seeing the film. After which his office called Viewskew offices and, and somebody said, hey, you know, Dr. Uh, Dr. Donahue requests a special screening of dogma so that he can speak about it intelligently. Kevin Smith's response was, what has he been doing for the past six months? <laughs> you know, I, I think that the church needs, they need movies like this. They need stories like this told because they need to be challenged and they need to get off their damn high horse and, and open their ears and eyes and experience these stories before opening their mouths. You know that, and because there's so much enlightenment to be had through satire, there's so much enlightenment to be had to have that mirror held up to you and and be shown what you're looking at more in depth. Look at look at everything, and and then start talking about it. There's so many knee jerk reactions out there, and and I think this. So where I'm going with this point is this movie needed to be made, and I'm very glad that Kevin Smith was the one that did it, not Spielberg. 
Yay. That was my, and, that was my mic drop moment. And the mic drops. And the mic and drops. And almost my Coke. <laughs> it had the cap on. Anyway, I know, but... Go ahead, Chris. But she works at an abortion clinic. <laughs> yeah. Best part. With what you're Not just me. saying, that is very particular to what's going on in government today. Oh, yeah. In, in modern society. I mean, that, we have these movies that we've and TV shows. We've talked about Black Mirror, for instance. These things that are, are putting a mirror up to what we are living with. And, and, you know, we can do better as a people. We really can. We, could, we can be a little bit more open. Instead of having a belief, we can have a good idea. I think there was another little, like, a callback between Rufus and Bethany. Yep. You know, I don't, yeah. you know, don't have a belief. You know, they hate it when you have a belief. It's, you know, they wanted it to be a good idea. It's harder to change. It's harder to change a belief than it is an idea, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. So what, do we want to talk about the story itself, how it unfolds, or do we want to, do we want to do what we usually do, just encourage people to want to watch this movie by talking about bits uh, and pieces? Before that, I just want to make one comment. Go. Um, if you enjoyed that aspect of this film, mm-hmm. where it talks intelligently about religion, but still it has a humorous take and switches things up a little bit, if you enjoyed that part of this particular movie, mm-hmm. um, one of my favorite books in the entire world is a book called Lamb. Mm-hmm. Uh, the... Oh, I'm trying to remember the full name, but it's something about, oh, the gospel according to Biff, Jesus Christ's childhood best friend. Okay. And it was written by Christopher Moore. Okay. And um, it's very funny, but it's the story of Jesus Christ's life from his friend Biff's point of view, and it talks a lot about those 18 years that Rufus mentions that aren't in the Bible. Gotcha. Um as a matter of fact, it's kind of timing is everything. I was just reading an article that a friend of mine from school sent me uh, just before we watched Dogma, uh, where uh, uh, some BBC scholars uh, did some did, were doing an extensive research, and they're going to be doing a documentary, or they may have already released it, where they discovered that Jesus was actually um, a Buddhist monk from Tibet. I think that's on Netflix. If I'm is that on Netflix yeah. or something like that? So they were trying to chronicle what happened during those 18 mm-hmm. years. He was actually had gone from the Middle East to to Tibet to learn and study, and then came back to bring back what he had learned. Mm-hmm. And and there was the, the continues the theory on, and this is where it gets really interesting that he actually did not get crucified. That that was a put on to cover his escape. So he went back east where he taught and and lived his life out until he was about 80 and he's supposed to be like buried in Sri Lanka or something like that. So now he's Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison, yeah. <laughs> he's hanging out with Morrison and Jimi Hendrix and Elvis. I'll say Elvis. Elvis is the thing. Um, the muse loved I'm Elvis. Actually, I'm actually in um, talks with Christopher Moore for him to come on for an interview. So oh, I really? I mentioned Lamb to him. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. That'd be mm-hmm. cool. I'm looking forward to that. Let me know if that one works out. Obviously, since I'll be doing the interview. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, I'm looking at the list of trivia, and I'm seeing just how many people were actually cast at one point or another or attached to the idea of playing God for this movie. They were all women, obviously, so uh, so Kevin Smith's idea was always to have it be a her at the end of the movie. Um, I see Emma Thompson. I see Holly Hunter, which would explain some of the piano references throughout the course of the movie. Um and then Alanis Morissette, who was originally meant to play Bethany, mm-hmm. um, but then was unable to because of her 1998-1999 world tour. Actually, uh, Linda Fiorentino and Kevin Smith, I guess, didn't get along. No, no they didn't. There was a lot and of... There was some mention of that in the uh, 
DVD commentary. Oh yeah. Also. Okay. So a, a lot of different people have been mentioned as possibly playing Bethany at different mm-hmm. points that he wish wound up playing uh, Bethany. Jillian Anderson was one. Jillian, Jillian. Anderson, uh, Janine Garofalo, yeah. who was uh-huh. uh, uh, Bethany's best friend, friend. at the right in the abortion clinic. clinic yeah. yeah. Joey, Joey Lauren Adams yeah. from Chasing, Chasing Amy was Amy. also considered. I just I just met her up in uh, Niagara Falls about a year ago. Really? She was really cool. She was at the Comic Con up in Niagara Falls, and uh, her and my wife Susan wound up becoming friends, sort of. <laughs> you know how Susan does with everybody. Well, yeah, yeah. Susan's everybody's yeah. because she's yeah. that freaking awesome. Yeah. So. Well, the demon guy cracked me up. I knew he was evil before he Who? showed his horns. Asriel. Yes, Jason Lee. Yeah. Jason Lee. Yeah. Massive unibrow. Oh yeah, that was an evil unibrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering if some of that was actually even like colored in because I don't remember him having quite the unibrow. I don't know, especially was, in my name is Earl. Angry. It was a very angry <laughs> unibrow. <laughs> it's probably natural, but they take about they take it out in other movies. Mm-hmm. Here's here's another great little uh, piece of trivia. Matt Damon's character is Loki, named after the same god of Norse mythology as Loki from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And then he plays Loki. Coincidentally, 18 years later, Damon would play an actor. Playing Loki in a play in, in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. So th- that's what I said. That was hilarious. I thought that was a great little throwback. That's a fun callback. Love callbacks. Yeah. Loki mentions how he doesn't believe in God be- because of Alice the Looking Glass, which was the final film of Alan Rickman before he passed away in early 2016. Yeah, that's. I still I still can't get believe that he's gone. That's the thing. Oh, I know. There was like two or three British uh, celebrities, actors and musicians, who just. They were a fine one a minute, and then next they're gone. It was like Bowie, for instance. Nobody really, because they're, they're so classy, the British. They keep things so close to the vest. They don't need to live the Kardashian lifestyle where everything's out in the open. They mm-hmm. keep things to themselves. Like, I didn't know that Elizabeth Sladen, who played Sarah Jane Smith in Doctor Who, that she had even been sick until she passed away. Ellen Rickman wasn't sick, though. Yeah, it was, he had been battling cancer for quite some time. He just kept it low on the radar. Well, Kevin Smith was a personal friend, and he didn't even know. Wow. That's amazing. That is amazing. Huh. He, men- he mentioned that in one of his talks about mm-hmm. about him, that he's, he's like he wasn't even sick. Huh. Hmm. I'll now, have to look into that. Now, Dogma, I thought, was an interesting choice. Was it Sherry you that decided Dogma was going to be the Not a Book Club for uh, um, it was today? A, it was a group decision between us and Chris. Okay, because you know I'm I'm obviously a huge Kevin Smith fan, mm-hmm. and as I was uh, dog, I was trying to figure out where Dogma ranks in my favorite Kevin Smith movies because it's hilarious. It's a great movie, but because I'm I'm not against religion, I'm just not religious at all. That's kind of where I am at this point in my life, and yeah. I, I I don't know much about religion, so the movie mm-hmm. was always like a homework assignment to me sometimes to <laughs> to get some of the jokes to uh-huh. know what was going on. Even though I love it, and uh, you know, Clerks is obviously his first, his breakthrough movie, mm-hmm. considered his classic. Chasing Amy to me is his best movie. Okay, Clerks two to me is his funniest movie. Yeah, because I think he's got his stride at that point. Clerks, he was still working things yeah. out, but for Clerks two, he he definitely Clerks knew where he was two going is with just laugh out loud funny, yeah. and has a scene towards the end that makes me weep. It's so touching. It, okay. It's part of this whole, you know, we're all a bunch of, of wimps on here. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. You know, we get touched so easily by things. Oh, we're touched all right. And I think someday we should talk about <laughs> Mallrats just because the whole, there's a lot of pop culture references, including a pretty decent sized part for Stan Lee. Should we do a, a monkey yeah. business basically on the View Askew universe? We could. And just start yeah. rolling through the, yeah. the whole list of them. 
at that point, kind of give everybody their due and, and talk about how they interlink to each other. Oh, they, that would be fun because I haven't watched a couple of those in a while. Yeah, see, you know, there you go. It's always my go-to movie. Mm-hmm. Um, when Sherry and I first got together, I brought her Clerks and Penn and Teller get killed when she was sick. Oh, okay. Oh, that's an odd and movie. I have been a Penn and Teller, Penn and Teller fan for, oh, ever. Yeah. Ever. They're great. And um, chances are I will be uh, cosplaying Penn Gillette. Okay. Come uh, FC3, and I've got some tricks up my sleeve for that. Nice. But just one but. movie outside of the Universe that is, uh, I think, fantastic, and it's gotten mixed reviews, is Red State. The very dark side of religion. Uh huh. Oh yeah, uh, that, that movie's really, really out there. And I, I, I highly recommend Red State, but actually not for Tanya. She doesn't like things too dark sometimes, do you, Tanya? No, it's not that. It's just, I just the jury's just definitely still out on this. No, I, I, I just re- still remember your uh, take on Black Mirror. Oh, yeah. Well, right? I have to be in the right yeah. mindset for yeah. it. All right, I can get you there. I can just I'll start yelling at you and you'll you know get angry with me and and I'll be like in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Okay. McGee, don't make me angry. You won't like me when I'm angry. Uh, that's another and that's mm-hmm. see that's another thing. He put that quote in there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right towards that's the end. That's right. At the at the see cuz any any Kevin Smith movie is going to be resplendent with pop culture references. It's always Star Wars, There's, always Jaws. Yes. Especially and, the part and, when they're in the diner. Yeah. When, when Jay uh, leans over to Silent Bob, he goes, I feel like I'm Han Solo and you're Chewie. And, we're in that, and she's Ben <laughs> Kenobi and we're in that messed up diner. There it is. We're <laughs> <laughs> or should I say messed up messed, bar? Messed, messed up, up bar. bar. Yeah. It's not quite <laughs> as colorful enjoyed, as he put it. but I enjoyed the Shakespeare reference. Uh-huh. And there's a couple of them. I need you three to shuffle her loose, the, the mortal coil. Right. Love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That's from Hamlet. Mm-hmm. And one thing I found funny was um, Kevin Smith threw Batman from a train. Yeah. <laughs> is that is that the sequel to uh, Sylvester Stallone's throw? We have the reference, but throw Mama from the train. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Well, you know, that's you know, you wouldn't put it two plus two together on that one right there. But yeah, he threw Loki, and then he busts out with the Indiana Jones line after that. No ticket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I love that part. <laughs> you know, it's what I should have so done. Just, I just cracked up watching it again last night. I should have I should have had a, like a, a piece of paper next to me and just started making a tally mark every time there was a, a pop culture reference made to another movie. I should have done that. I did not do that. I feel bad now. I'm gonna have to watch Dogma again. Do you have enough paper for that? I'm I'm sure if I break out a, a, a brand new steno pad, I should be in good shape. All right. George Carlin agreed to take the role of Cardinal Glick, but didn't want to remove his wedding band. He had recently lost his wife. So he wore a Band-Aid to hide it. This was actually unnecessary as Catholic clergy mm-hmm. wear wedding bands to signify their quote-unquote marriage to the church. And it's funny that George Carlin, who was an outspoken atheist, plays a cardinal. I, th- yes, that, that, that was, was like, awesome. when I saw him playing it, I'm like, wow. It's like truly too much like straight-laced for him in <laughs> regards to just, he's the one that talks about a cat running into a uh, uh, glass door yeah. and goes behind the the couch and goes the meow. meow yeah Where freaking me out yes so i'm just like what yeah <laughs> he was the best one to introduce buddy christ come on yeah seriously that was the only person <laughs> well you know kevin smith has a stable of actors that he goes to those are those go-to guys jason muse is going to be in everything he does yeah. oh yeah you know damon and affleck are going to be throughout the most of it mm-hmm. you know uh george carlin is a go-to guy carrie fisher was a go-to jason lee jason lee um grant hicks 
Oh, oh uh, uh, um, I can't think of his name now. I can't think of the actor's da- Dante, name. Brian O'Halloran. Brian O'Halloran yeah. is in a lot, is in just about Dante everything. Dante and Clerks. And exactly. Gra- Actually, and they're Hicks. all they're all related. Are they all related? Yeah. Uh, Dante Hicks, Grant uh-huh. uh, Grant Hicks. I think Gil Hicks is in uh, Mallrats. He was mm-hmm. the contestant on the uh, game show yeah. in Mallrats. Oh, okay. And then there's the guy who played Randall in Clerks. Yes, he, he, he was, was the, the gun shop owner. The gun shop owner. Dogma. Yep. You know, so there's there's always going to be Anderson. familiar faces in all Kevin Smith movies. Yeah. And you can visit Buddy Elf. Or well, Buddy, Buddy, Christ. Buddy Christ. Buddy Christ. <laughs> he's at the, <laughs> he's at the Secret Stash. Is he down in Jersey? Yeah. yeah. In fact, I, I, I think I'm going there in June, so I will take uh, Please my get picture pictures. With, with Buddy Christ. That would be awesome. Please get pictures my of that. Cousin, my cousin Melanie has a Buddy Christ on her dashboard. Nice. <laughs> Actually, is there one over in Weezes Jesus's? Um, no. No? I, no, I, it's I one of the ones he doesn't have. I thought he had. I thought one. he did. What's He's got the so many. One with the red thing. That's on. just one makeup. It has yeah, is, is, is basically drag queen yeah, Jesus. That's drag queen <laughs> Jesus. Oh no, there is one. Is there? there? Oh, he's got oh, one. Yeah. He there does have one. I thought I got him one. Actually. There is. <laughs> okay. There he is. We we have a buddy Christ here in the in the studio. That is. Yeah. I was there with you, Billy. I thought I saw mm-hmm. it too. I usually he's hidden in the back. He's yeah, he's hidden in the back by the the geisha girl over there. I'm not tall enough. And Pope Francis. So. Because I'm not tall enough to see it. That's Do you want to visit? With but but it's something you could picture the actual Catholic Church doing. I couldn't, to be honest. To well, to uh, try and get young people more involved in the church. Uh huh. I, I don't. I, would, I don't see I it. No, see... not not the actual Buddy Christ, right. but I mean, no, but trying I to see them doing Catholicism while wow campaign. Do. The no. wow campaign. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> see, having been a Catholic in the 70s and 80s and remembering how controversial it was that priests started going by their first names and bringing guitars into the church and how that totally freaked out Mm -hmm. so many people. I really couldn't see this happening. Yeah. No. And and being in a Catholic church where the the father was one of those fire and brimstone, (laughs) preach from the pulpit type um, uh, father, it, it was just like, when I got married, when we had our um, rehearsal the night before, he goes, we're starting at 2 o'clock with or without the bride. I don't really care because we have church at 4 o'clock. Right. So he goes, I need Ooh. everyone out at 3.15. So if the bride's not here, I'm still starting. Oh. So <laughs> that, No pressure. That, no pressure. That, that, that was the, the just the whole thing that our, the church that we were at. So it's like definitely like you, you were afraid that – Lightning was going to strike you if you did something wrong <laughs> in regards to the upbringing. Well, Bethany makes point of that when she's talking about it. You know, when she was younger, you know, you're and you're in church and you could, you know, that power and that that awe inspiring, you mm-hmm. know, in the the wonder of it all. But then as you get older, it was like great time to balance my checkbook. Yeah, I'm just like right now. I'm like I might have been raised Catholic, but I'm truly not a practicing I'm not Catholic pr- yeah, I'm right not practicing now, and anymore. I'm just like. With the with the season of Lent and things like that, mm-hmm. I'm just like, I haven't been able to find a church that really speaks to me right now in regards to that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we always joke with Sean and Deanna and whatever because we're all Catholics and we're like, it, Sean goes in for a wedding or a funeral or whatever and we're like, did you get struck by lightning? <laughs> he goes, nope, the, the, the church still stood the type church is thing. The still standing. But, but yeah. that, that the group I sat with at Ray's mom's funeral. Yeah. Chris? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> nothing, nothing. I was just, uh, that was an aside to Sherry. Oh, uh, I see. But, we you know, hear the, the everything. I, I recently went to a funeral of, of one of my best friends. 
his mom was like a second mom's mother to me. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the one who taught me how, how to cook Italian food. Nice. Um, me being the little Irish white boy. <laughs> and um, the group I sat with, if anybody there was going to be struck by lightning, it was that whole group. <laughs> <laughs> and there were like 10 of us. Mm. Yeah, I was raised Catholic, too. Yeah. And, and it's just... my problem is here. Like, when I was in Florida, I had a really good church that I went to that mm-hmm. was Catholic. And it wasn't all fire and brimstone, but it really depended on the mass you went to. Because mm-hmm. if I went to the Spanish mass, with I would have a different father versus the English mass. I went to an English mass, and the first time I went, it was everything was fire and brimstone, and you're going to mm-hmm. go to hell for, like, literally breathing. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to the Spanish mass, and it was a different pastor, and it was completely different tone. And that's what I was used to. Mm-hmm. When yeah. I was a kid, we used to attend mass with a priest whose name was Father Looney. Father and Looney? He used, say, he used to say Looney by name, not by nature, but it was a oh. little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, he told priest jokes during mass. It was great. He was awesome. In fact, uh, the, the pastor, the, the, the father I see here every once in a while in, in Clinton is like that. He's, yeah. he's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not Catholic. Wasn't raised Catholic, but occasionally the the people we support at work, um, I take to to Mass. Mm-hmm. So it's been very interesting for me for the past 20-plus years now to um, try to be able to follow a Mass. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, or you mean Catholic the, aerobics? That's okay. That's Get out of my head, Tanya. That was where I was <laughs> Sorry, going with that. I mean, it's the stance it, kneel, 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 stance yeah. it, kneel. Just watch the old woman in the front pew. Yeah, it's, it kind of worked for me. Oh, she's moonwalking. She's moonwalking anyway. <laughs> yeah. It all changed recently. What? Did it change? It all changed. They yeah. changed the entire liturgy. A lot of it's not. You don't kneel anymore. You sit, and there's just they changed the wording. Yeah, there's something up, some something in uh, I was somewhere, and just some of the the phrasing has changed. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. now see Let's the thing crazy. for the longest time when I was going to um, church, it was in, um, the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Uh huh. That was back in like the seventies. Now is it the, the Father, the Son, and Simon over there in the corner? No, it's Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. <gasps> but We're back was, there again. It, that's okay. what it was. Okay. But it was Holy Ghost when. Back in the seventies, early eighties, the father, the son, and John Paul, George, and Ringo. <laughs> I wonder, you know, we're, we've gotten know. this whole philosophical discussion about our views on Catholicism. Is this what this movie has? Is this why we find this movie fun? Is this why we find this movie so interesting? Is that we have? Well, okay, why we have this thought provoking? Okay, so I misspoke, and that's fine. Yeah, I do that a lot. Um, but it is fun. Yeah, that, but that's they, it is yeah. a fun movie. Mm-hmm. But is but this why we find it so thought-provoking? It challenges that which we've already started challenging on an internal basis. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I started challenging the 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 whole religious tenets when I went to Nazareth mm-hmm. because part of the um, coursework at Nazareth, you had to take a religion class. It mm-hmm. didn't matter which one you took. Mm-hmm. So I took um, Religions of the West, which got into Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, mm-hmm. and the... Um, professor i had he was great i can't remember his name but he'd come into class and he's like okay you guys have your blinders on are you ready to to read the bible with your blinders on because the book of genesis is written after several other books that have been written in the bible but yet (laughs) that's the creation story yeah so it's like you read this one it says in the beginning but this one was written 
10, 11, 20 plus years after other books of the Bible. So you're saying that the concept of the prequel was not George Lucas's? No. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that's the thing. It's like, so so you have to take, like, the Bible with a grain of salt. Because right. Because it's not written linearly. Mm-hmm. Linearly. 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 Thank you. Yeah. Maybe it was written by a Time Lord. Yeah, that's pretty much or who or or Quentin Tarantino. (laughs) Yeah, oh my word! Could you imagine the Bible is Pulp Fiction? The person's perspective at the time. So, so now we have this road movie. Till dawn. Yeah, so we have this road on the road movie with with. Uh, with religious characters yeah, that, mm-hmm. yeah. and the prophets, renegade angels, Re- and renegade angels, mm-hmm. and uh, and commentary on what we see in modern society. Um, so I guess I just wonder if do we identify that with that because we've had our our way of looking at the world kind of changed and morphed, and we don't have that strong. Do you? Uh, here's my question, and this is a hypothetical because I don't think there's anybody here who's a devout Catholic in in, the, in our panel. Um, and if you are, then good on you. Um, <laughs> family's Pentecostal, so you see. Okay, um, our family is not. Yeah, but do you think somebody who who is strong in their faith goes to church? You know, r- tries to to follow the commandments. Goes, you know, sends their kid to Catholic school, stuff like that, and and turns their noses up on what we would now look as today as socially liberal policy. Um, you know, governmental policy. Do you think that they would actually enjoy this movie if they actually just watched it? If, I don't believe so. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think they would be so staunch in their beliefs and mm-hmm. their traditions and their morals and values that they, that this would be a, an affront to their sensibilities. Mm-hmm. Example. I disagree. Example. It's like I'll when, get you a moment to share. Um, the, when the Da Vinci Code came out, mm-hmm. it said that Jesus Christ wasn't you know a divine being, but he was actually human, mm-hmm. and then he had actually had, a, a family line. Yeah. When that movie came out, not just cath you know Catholic Church, mm-hmm. but other, other religions, religions branches yeah. also, you know, were like... They were invested in that story. Oh, they were like pretty much trying to boycott the movie. I was mm-hmm. like, no, that's blasphemy. That's not true. But mm-hmm. pretty much if you think about it, dogma is pretty much on the same play, I, I, you know, play area as that one, you know. It's like I if think they the see cur- it now... The current political climate's almost made it now where people are just stuck where they want to be mm-hmm. and don't want to listen to... The other side, on either side. I think they're so stuck where they want to be that they're not even willing to listen. Yeah. Now, Sherry, you were going to say something. I, I heard you, you. Did you say you disagree with Tanya? Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Tell me a little more. My mother. My mother is a very, very staunch Catholic, mm-hmm. but is one of the most liberal people you're ever going to meet, and she likes this movie. Okay. Um, my my rebuttal to that is that, that's well it's not so much a rebuttal but my commentary on that is isn't that how it's supposed to be because you know it, it's even here in in uh, Weez's studio Jesus is a liberal if you look at mm-hmm. the New Testament you look at the things that he said things that he done you know the, the way that it was, his life was documented his story was documented he is a very social liberal person so to have this Catholic Church develop over two thousand years to be this completely I, I hate to. I have. I don't have a better way of saying it other than stick in the mud, you know. Conservative, you know. Um, shake the finger at things. It, it needs. It needs a movie like this to kind of mm-hmm. put that put that mirror up, as I've said before, and, and point and say, you know, can you think this one through? Maybe. Well, that's why the new Pope is good, though. Right. I, I, you know, Pope, so, Pope Francis is is yeah. pretty cool. He is badass. So the, yeah, that's why I'm like, I don't wanna. To playing the whole Catholic Church, because I like the new Pope. <laughs> in, in looking at that, I mean, this was 1999. Had this uh-huh. tried to come out in 1979, it wouldn't have 
flown. Oh, no. No. So I think in the, the time, yes, that allowed people to open up their eyes and uh-huh. see whatever. But if you looked at somebody that was 60 years old in 1979 that was mm-hmm. a staunch Catholic conservative mm-hmm. type views, you wouldn't be able to sway them. And and think nowadays, the Catholic Church has some other problems where the poop monster may be, they just may be going through. <laughs> my, you, yeah. yeah. Right. Wow. That's so, all. I mean, that's all. That's all going that's for all, sure. Right. So, I mean, now today in 2018, yeah. there's a whole different type of uh, social aspect to the church that people mm-hmm. are talking about. Could this movie be made and released now? Yes. I don't see why not. Yeah. I think so, uh, except for, and this has nothing to do with the content of the movie. mm -hmm. Nowadays, movies that aren't blockbusters have trouble getting made, like mainstream movies that are, movies that cost like between 10 and 20 or 30 million dollars just don't get made. I think the title that's above it where it says Dogma looking at it says Get Touched by an Angel might (laughs) might be a little. uh, Yeah, that that line. Uh, how do I phrase it? Um, taboo for yeah. Nowadays, with, with they'd be a little more sensitive to that. I think other type. But he was playing off of the there was the TV, the TV show. series show. Touched, Touched by, by an Angel. Angel. Yeah. So I think that was Kevin Smith's tongue in cheek, you know, mm-hmm. satire of, of that. But you're right. I but think that tagline would not exist. Everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, as as you know, I, if we take go ahead. Was somebody going to say something? I think Chris was. I think it might actually have a hard time getting um, getting made today. Why would you say that? I think it would be an indie film. Um, mm-hmm. Look at the political climate mm-hmm. and how much uh, is being controlled by religious aspects. Mm-hmm. Even though there's supposed to be a separation of church and state, it has become not that. No, yeah, we don't have a. Ch- we do not in this current society that we have. We do not have a separation of church and state anymore. Well, my whole phrase is: as long as there's tests in school, there will always be God. Because kids will be praying. praying that they'll pass the exam. <laughs> <laughs> so, there will not be separation of church and state in regards to Said exams. by the teacher. So, yes, I, I believe in that. I believe in the teacher. Um, I, I was going to yeah. go somewhere with Sorry. this. Sorry. I derailed you. No, that's okay. That's that's not hard anymore. Don't worry about that right now. I'm scattered. No, I think he he's definitely has a point. I, I think if it was going to get mm-hmm. remade now, it would probably be more of an independent indie mm-hmm. film rather than one mm-hmm. of the major movie houses. Right. Just because of the political climate. And mm-hmm. if someone wants to, it would be shown at the uh, Cannes Film Festival. Yeah. It would mm-hmm. be that, this would be something that would show up at the Little. Okay. Yeah. That, and that it, th- this of... is where I saw, I saw this at the Little. Did, Did you really? Originally, yeah. I saw Clerks at the Little when it first Wow. So, uh, yeah. so it's a definite... It, wouldn't necessarily yeah. be mainstream. Be in Tinseltown. Yeah. Yes. IMAX. IMAX <laughs> Tinseltown. Oh, God. Now, as, as a, an on-the-road buddy movie, mm-hmm. take let's take the philosophy out of it. As an on-the-road buddy movie, this, this is freaking funny it's as hell. It's very funny. Jason, Fun. Jason Mewes, even though he was terribly hooked on heroin at the time, uh-huh. gives a stellar performance. Yeah. He's hilarious in it. His, you know, you can say he's just typecast, he's just playing yeah. himself, but there it takes a certain level of timing to be able to pull that off. I can't play myself. I know. <laughs> no, I couldn't. It would be too hard. Mm-hmm. It would be too challenging to do that. Um, but especially yeah, at the um, at the I, end I, when I don't think I'd have a problem playing myself. Um, that's kind of what I'm doing in D&D. You're true. Okay. But also think about it this. Think about it this way. What if you're handed scripted lines 
and you're told you have to you say have to it this way. Them. And you, in the back of your head, you're like, I wouldn't say this, but you have to present that as if you would as what, yourself. What do I do with my hands? Well, yeah. <laughs> I, you I bang the table on the train. <laughs> I have enough self-awareness. I know how I sound. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of times I sound like an idiot, and I know it. So, <laughs> Same here. Me lines saying here, say this. Yeah, not an issue. Yeah. But um, but then his his uh, I think Jason at the end is awesome, especially when 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 God kisses Jay on the cheek, and he's got that look of just that distant, aloof kind of like he's lost in his own thoughts kind of look. Uh, you know this this just you, you got to like give the, the kid credit for it. Types. I, I, mm-hmm. that, yeah, you blended the personality types. They're yeah. trying to screw her the whole time. Yeah, he was, <laughs> or he is. <laughs> or, it's not even they. In it's, the big, it's, it's in the big final him. scene, he's dropping his pants. Yeah. She's like, "What the hell are you doing?" Because we There's got five, five minutes left to live. He said, "You're gonna have sex with me." But his mind never, his mind never strayed from that. Really, no. But Silent Bob, Silent Bob's mind evolved throughout the story, despite him not really talking. To be helpful, to be yeah. And then you have you know Rufus, who's this like. No, Jesus is black and trying to like enlighten everyone. <laughs> yeah. and, and someone else, Jesus is a woman. His, his, oh, no, not Jesus, God. God, God is a woman. Yep. And it was just. He's not really anything. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you bring all these personalities together. And I think that's what made the movie fun is those personalities mm-hmm. blending. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's, and I've said this on several occasions. I think sometimes for me, the interaction between the characters and the personalities is sometimes as important and in some cases even more important than the story because there's always going to be the same stories. You know, who who am I? What is this? Bad guy, good guy, etc. There's a lot of stories that are going to be consistent throughout drama yeah. in any of its shapes and forms. So for me, it's okay, this is going to be another thing where it's this and this and this and this and this happens. But it's how the people interact with each other, how the characters look at the situation, how they how they adapt to it and how they interact with each other. That's the selling point for me. Like yeah. Firefly uh, it was a standard kind of Western and outer space drama. Okay, there's there's so many di- there are so many standard tropes in Firefly, but it's how Mal talked to Jane and Jane talked to, you know, uh, Simon and Simon and River dealt with each other. So it's people. People are, are always going to be as important, if not more important, than the story for me. The uh, side characters, I think, to me, made... The movie more mm-hmm. than like Bethany, who's the main character. Like mm-hmm. to me, she was kind of drab. Yeah. Without Jay and Silent Bob mm-hmm. and Rufus, like mm-hmm. she would have bored I didn't me. See... Like her as like a person, she yeah. didn't have that charisma to herself. She was very blase. Yeah, I saw but that a lot. Then you have them who are like bringing your attention to everything that's going on. I think if mm-hmm. it wasn't for the side characters in this movie, I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much. When she breaks away well, from the that's, camp, that's, go ahead, Chris. Thing. They all get growth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, even even Bethany, she's pushed into it mm-hmm. and and accepts it. And by by the t- by the end of the movie, um, Bartleby, same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He says thank you at the end. Yeah, so he knew he knew what was coming. What was going on at that point? Mm-hmm. I think it, for me it was when when Bethany I was not feeling that character because I thought Linda Fiorentino really felt like she, I really felt she was phoning it in for the most the first half of the movie. Um, she was just kind of going along and she didn't have that same kind of she was very as as Dolly was saying very blasé. But when she broke away from the camp when she'd had enough when she was just overwhelmed and she falls into that that pond and it's the baptism 
scene in essence yeah. to me you know i saw that she she's screaming and yelling and she's just having this this catharsis where she's just getting it all out and then there's metatron you know standing on the water and, and talks her kind of off the ledge and then from there you see her perking up just a little bit like the second half of the movie she kind of starts getting more into it a little bit i don't know but that's my observation well, her faith was challenged yeah, her exactly. faith okay that that's the thing it's well her like, lack of faith was right, challenged that was the thing that, that she didn't believe or yeah. things like that so so it, that that's what made her blasé and mm-hmm. just kind of, you know, existing, not living. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to tell you the God's honest truth, I never even noticed the baptism. That, I didn't either. That was mm. just just you, her as an actor. Went, she could have replaced. Oh my God! I can't believe I missed that. <laughs> I saw her in the water, and it didn't, yeah. Chris making the connection, like oh. Okay. It's more than just Linda Fiorentino in a white and a, a white, white white shirt. shirt. I mean, seriously, which is you know that, I'll go with it, but there's more to that scene than just you know <laughs> wet t-shirt contest. But but, but Dolly's right in that mm-hmm. of all the characters in the movie, she's the lead character and she's the one I remember least. If you yeah. say dogma to me, I think of Affleck and Damon, yep. Silent Bob and Jay, yep. Chris Rock, Cardinal Glick. Yeah, even Selma Hayek. Before yep. I think the of Muse, Bethany. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that the main character is the least thought about character mm. in the whole movie. I don't even recognize her name. Linda Fiorentino? Yeah. Yeah. She she still acts, I think. I still see her pop up once in a in while. She was in Men in Black. She was in Men in Black, yeah. She was in the first yeah. one. Oh, yeah. I forgot that was her. She's been in, in, a, in a, quite a few movies, but she's always... <laughs> she's, she's like a would-be star. That, yeah. <laughs> she's always that would-be star that failed to ignite. Mm-hmm. You know? It's, it's That's the impression I've always gotten. Like, she has chops. I've seen her use them, but it's always like... She's not quite there. She and it's not anybody's fault but her own. She's the Kristen Stewart of the '90s. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you know <laughs> what? Go. Yeah, that's a good, uh, Billy. That's it. That's that, a good you nailed that one. Right there. You, know what? you actually at, nailed that looking one. Looking at her filmography, I have seen mm-hmm. Men in Black and Dogma. And that's it. Yeah, she's got 31 actress credits. Has she been on anything recently? Uh, mm. no. The last thing was like 2009. I think she's finally retired. It was once more with feeling. I have never even heard of that. I'm clicking it. We're not going to do a podcast on Linda Fiorentino. No. So. Okay. <laughs> five, five degrees of Linda Fiorentino. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't play that game. None of us would be able to play that one. Yeah, I might win. <laughs> well, it's because we keep forgetting that she exists in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, So on a scale of one to ten, it, it's this is not, you know, Os- this is not taking home the Oscar for no. Best Picture, in my opinion. Not a ten. But a good movie. It was uh, it yeah. was fun. It I, was funny, but also thought provoking and philosophical. Be, like I said, because of my lack of religion, mm-hmm. and you know, it's sort of homework. Even though I love Kevin Smith, to me, mm-hmm. seven, seven, seven. Tanya, yeah. she was in a movie called Unforgettable. <laughs> she, yeah, she is forgettable. <laughs> and yet she is so forgettable. I'm sorry. I don't know. That's terrible. <laughs> and I'm sure she's a wonderful person too. Would I watch it again? Probably not. So okay. I would have to like go three. Just it's. You're just, gonna say three? It's just not something that. Mm-hmm. Really, I'm like, okay, I watched it, but so we have a seven and a three, and I'm going to give it a seven right along with Billy. Dolly, what would you say? One to ten. I'm giving it like a six. You're going to have a six, Edwin. I give it a ten. You're going to give it a ten. See, I love it. That's and there are a lot of things to love. I can respect that opinion because I know and I know where you're coming from, Sherry. How about you? On a scale of one to ten, where would you go with Dogma? An eight. An eight, and Christopher. Mm -hmm. Eight or nine. Eight or nine. Well, pick one because I, I really enjoy movies that are thought-provoking and have growth and i like stupid humor too (laughs) (laughs) see to me sometimes it's the stupid humor that drags it down just a little bit like exactly 
the the the. I, then I keep going back to Poop Monster, but could have done without it. <laughs> I he had a good story on how too. the excremental came to be. Yeah. <laughs> I had it in Chris's <laughs> They explained him. All right. But so I didn't necessarily have to see it. So, <laughs> so in regards to the statistical data on this, you cannot actually use the mean as the um, actual measure of central tendency for this. You'd have to use the median because the three is the outlier. Okay. So that there's math out, being said to me. There is math being said where, to you. Where are you going with this? Because I'm the doing mean, a quick rough draft so, so calculation. So the average here. is about a six. However, uh-huh. with my three, that pulls it down. Mm-hmm. So and the ten you, does the ten and affect the 10, it? Well, ten to whatever. So if you went to the median mm-hmm. and put these in order. Well, she's doing math. Make sure there's a there's okay. A, make it a nine. You got okay. So you're a nine. Okay. So that got correct. Sherry's an eight. And then, so then, we're all over the place with this. So movie. actually, the the it would be ranking more at a seven. All right. So as a the panel, the average is would the average of six would okay. it would bring it down. So as a panel, we're rating this movie as a seven, as as a holistic group altogether. By <laughs> using see. the median. We're let's using, see what IMDb has it rated. They, as they had a seven point three. Okay, so we're right on. Oh, uh, look at us go! All right, see, right on so the money. We we yep. We nailed that one. Rot- <laughs> what did Rotten Tomatoes put it at? That's, I'm going to look that up. Looking that up now? Yep. Okay. Tomatoes, dogma. I can't imagine Tanya's uh, reaction if she sees Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. See, <laughs> that's a hell of a movie because you really have to check your brain at the door and have a couple of beers when you start watching that see, one. That that's one you what just I was telling her during Dogma. Um, <laughs> I'm like, dogma, Rotten Tomatoes. favorite uh-huh. viewers universe is 6.2. Okay. Like okay. I told Tanya during so the screen the when we were watching it, I'm like, mm-hmm. you need to either have some drinks or uh-huh. be like slightly like, inebriated yeah. to watch this. Sherry, <laughs> totally what appreciate it. All right, everybody. <laughs> Sherry, what were you saying? Because everybody was talking over you. I said that um, Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back is my least favorite View Universe. Oh well, yeah, because I mean, it's just he was just going out of his way to be silly, to be repulsively silly. Other, other than a couple cameos, I really. We'll never watch that movie again. There's no need to. There really isn't. I've only seen it once. Mm-hmm. Actually, the, he's, he's rebooting it. Jane Silent Bob reboot is oh, being no. made right now. I can't oh, wait awesome. for that movie. That should yeah. be good. There's like, probably going to be heart attack references in it. What I just love about it is just how Kevin Smith pretty much is making fun of, you know... Everything. Uh, how to making fun of Hollywood, per yeah. se, how, how they do things. And uh-huh. that's what I love about it, because he just nails everything. Everybody, yeah, including himself, and I think that's part of his charm is that he he does self depreciating humor very well. He he'll go after himself as equally as he goes after anybody else, and I think that's that's a class act in the making there because that's that's a person who shows no fear. Yeah, you know, he's like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and bash everybody, and that includes me. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, so no one's off limits. All right, I think we need to. He has no delusions of grandeur, no delusions of adequacy. Are we good? We're, we're going to put this puppy to bed? We'll put this puppy to bed. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we got some a couple of quick announcements, and then we're going to send you on your way for the rest of the week. Okay, and we'll uh, take a break with comedian Rick Reynolds. Yay. One of my favorite things is discussing religion, and especially mm-hmm. Christianity, because it's fascinating. I've read the Bible and other you know religious books, and here's an interesting thing in the Bible. Jesus appears as a baby, of course, and then the next time we see him, he's delivering sermons. He's an adult. I think the Bible avoids Jesus' childhood because he was a problem child. I mean, he must have been a tad spoiled. You would have been too. I mean, imagine you're like a 10-year-old boy. You show up at the father-son picnic with God. 
are you going to win every event you enter? <laughs> Nobody can eat more pie than God. It's a foregone conclusion. Now, I knew the, probably the most religious person in the world, my grandmother, Welter, my mom's mom. Nobody believes this is true. Absolutely true. Every day she woke up, she was convinced Jesus was coming that day. Like the doorbell would ring, could be Jesus. Like he's going to ring. And you'd walk by late at night, kind of creak on the floorboard. She'd wake up, Jesus? Is Ricky going to the bathroom? And thank you for hanging with us. This is Monkey Business. And uh, that was our chat about dogma. And uh, it's some nice topical humor thrown in at the end. Thank you, Billy, for being awesome at finding stuff like that. Um, couple, couple things to do. We'll wrap this one up for the day. Uh, we do have some events coming up April 4th at 7 p.m. at Knox, in the event room uh, at the Village Gate Mall. Uh, is the FC3 board game night. There's no, it's no competition, no prize, nope. no nothing. It's just basically a bunch of us hanging out, playing board games. And that's uh, their normal board game. And night. that's a normal so board game night at Knox. We're jumping out. Okay, and so we're just hanging out. So the FC3 mm -hmm. crew will be there. Come join us, and spend some time playing some good old fashioned board games with us. And when then this April's drops, when this drops, what's it'll that? Be tonight. Oh, it'll be tonight. it'll be tonight. So All right. come tonight. So we'll see you tonight <laughs> at at Knox. And uh, and then coming up in uh, it looks like about a week and a half, couple of weeks is April 14th and 15th is Toracon. The big anime and uh, cosplay convention at the RIT, Rochester Institute of Technology. We will be tabling there. So come visit us at Doracon, and we'll be looking forward to seeing you there. Uh, we do have uh, some Everyday Hero action. This week's Everyday Hero shout-out comes from Maria Giesler. She would like to nominate her husband, Staff Sergeant David Giesler. He joined the Army directly after and because of 9-11 and is soon to be stationed in Korea. Hmm. He is her hero because he is doing what he loves to benefit other people. So thank you, David, for your service and for being our hero. And remember, as always, not all heroes wear capes. No capes. No capes. Um, we'll wrap this one up with our usual question of the week. Sherry is firing off, what fictional magic system do you find the most interesting and why? Define fictional magic system. I would say like D&D spellcasting or magic the card game or something like that, or Sherry. Any book, movie, any book, everything any movie. has its own version of a magical system. There oh. you go. Mm. So like Harry Potter and, yeah. and fake Latin. <laughs> you know? Lumos and uh, yeah. Knox. Oculus Reparum. Parcel <laughs> you know? Parcel Ridiculous. Ridiculous. That's it. That's it. Mm. So, um, so, Tanya, what do you think? What's your favorite magical system and that you, f or that you find most interesting and why? Ooh, that is a challenging question because, mm hmm. Uh, hmm. I'm going to go, as, as in, while Tanya thinks. I am uh -huh. thinking. The TV show Bewitched. I love the whole oh. family element of Bewitched. Okay. Whether it's Samantha and Endora and Uncle Arthur. and So I'm going to take it literally and say the Bewitched world. There you go. I, I think in re jumping on to that, I think I'm going to go the supernatural world. Okay. Between it's very much more ritual. The ritualistic and mm -hmm. things like that. And okay. Things like that. So I'm gonna have to go All supernatural. Right. I always tried to twitch my nose. You always try to. Can you can you wiggle it? <laughs> no. How about you, Sherry? What's yours? Um, remember a couple of episodes ago when we interviewed Jim C. Hines? Yes. Um, his book Libramancer. Okay. Where it was the the whole magic system was being able to reach into a book and take something out of the text and have it become physically there. Gotcha. 
So, like, if you needed uh, if you needed a drink, you could reach into a book of cocktail recipes and pull out whatever drink you wanted. Or if you were being in one point in the book, um, he's being chased, and he spoilers has, spoilers. <laughs> he, has he carries with him. And uh-huh. He has a book. He has a Sam Spade novel that he carries with him that he reaches in and grabs a gun. Oh, jeez. That's so cool. Stuff like that. I just found, found that so fascinating. Mm-hmm. How about you, Edwin? I would have to say going into my video game roots would be uh, Final Fantasy VII. Okay. Where they literally um, infuse magic into crystals uh-huh. called material. Yeah. And that's my that's your thing. That's, that's your jam. my thing right there. Christopher? Okay. My favorite comes from Mercedes Lackey of the Veldemar books. Okay. Um, it is personal to each person mm-hmm. and it's from inside them not from an outside source you're not it's, it's not like where you're, you're looking at magic where you're gathering mana to be able to cast something it is part of them it is them gotcha yeah i almost went to um elizabeth moon's deeds of paxenarian as uh the system of magic because it's like kind of faith-based okay all right dolly I kind of have a, I'm going to go with, I have a tie in my mind. Mm-hmm. The f- first one that popped up in my head was the movie The Page Master. Okay. Mm-hmm. From Macaulay Culkin. Love that movie. He goes into the books and has to find his way out of the books. Mm-hmm. And just the magic between jumping from story to story. I love that. And then like um, Once Upon a Time, the television series. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The magical system there. I love mm-hmm. that. I, I'm... Just the fact that it, it's just, it's not like love between, you know, family or uh, a man and a woman. It's, you know, true love can be between a mother and a child and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I loved that aspect of that show. Gotcha. How about you said you had another just, one, just Tanya? Just for fun, um, Fairly Odd Parents with Timmy Turner and Cosmo oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. and Wanda <laughs> <laughs> and, and I want a fairly godparent. See, I'm a big fan of the, of the D&D system because the spells are very well well written out and you, you can understand their power levels and whatnot and there's easy access to it. But for, for this particular exercise, I, I like the whimsical nature of the Harry Potter universe. I, I like the way that, you know, it's it's very adaptable. It, there's, there's, there's a lot that can be covered. And, and, you know, having the, the magic wand and the magic words and stuff like that kind of feels very traditional to me. But then there's that whimsical quality that it's it's not Latin, it's fake Latin. You know, it sounds like Latin, um, but then there's, there's, it just has that rhythm to it. Oh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, the next one that's coming out. Yep. So excited. That one's going to be good. Where you meet young uh, Dumbledore, yes. played by Jude Law. Jude Law actually looks, this is what I was saying about Ben Affleck earlier, that mm-hmm. Ben Affleck has gotten older. Mm-hmm. To me, he's gotten less attractive, but Jude Law looks more attractive as an <laughs> he, older He's man. aging well. Yes. <laughs> Jude Law is aging well as opposed to Ben Affleck, who is aging fat. But anyway. <laughs> Jude Law was creepy to me when he was younger. So there's lots to talk about, and there will always be another podcast, and and that's going to happen. So we're going to wrap up today. And uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. And this has been your monkey business, a product of the Mighty Monkey Corporation, purveyors and producers of the Flower City Comic Con, coming at you on June 9th and 10th, 2018, at the Rochester Riverside Convention Center. Like us on Facebook, love us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Patreon, and all sorts of other places. And uh, we will see you all next week. Have a great one. <laughs>